Sessionable. All right, uh, welcome to Sessionable, guys. Um, our first live episode of the year. Um, and we're planning on having quite a few this year. So today is Hottest 100 Day, which is always very exciting. It's really exciting to read uh, what people on the internet think about it, especially, I find. Because um, they're the experts in the end. Yeah, the, the so-called experts. <laughs> um, thank you all for coming. Uh, we got the first beer coming out now. It's um, a favourite of the podcast. I think it was at our li- last live podcast as well. Uh, so and probably the one before that. Pro- too. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think it's been at every single one probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's feral watermelon warhead, uh, which has come in. It's come in on the thing. It was it like a uh, I don't know, sixty-seven, seven, sixty-eight. Yeah, yeah it'll it'll come up on the screen that Lee's made yeah. for us, which is exciting. Did pretty um, well. The way today's going to go, we've got four beers. We'll go through them slowly. Uh, we're going to talk about the hottest one hundred, kind of what we think's going to come in. Right up the top. Uh, and then we're going to count down live with it um, from about... We're going to take a break before uh, the fifth beer or the fourth beer. Yep. And then we'll come back and count down four through to one and have a chat about what those are and and what that kind of means for craft beer in Australia. <laughs> uh, so half of your tickets today, so $5 from every ticket, goes to the Pink Boot Society. Uh, Pink Boot Society is an organisation that um, brings together women in the beer industry. They, they have a range of scholarships, grants, um, and yeah, so that's what it'll be going through. Yeah. And uh, they do a bunch of like collaboration brews, which are always pretty awesome. Yeah, they do one every year. Yeah. With finger yeah. limes. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, I told you, man, it's the year of the finger lime. Like, what was that last year? That was last year. Okay. Yeah, that was last year. Uh, I don't think that there was a single finger lime beer released after you made that prediction either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm the harbinger of doom then. <laughs> Um, all right, so what do we, before we get up to, to, to the Hottest 100, what, what, are, what do we think so far of the list? Any surprises in there? I, mean, I, think I, I haven't really had a good look at the list yet, but... Um, There's a few things a bit further down than I thought. Yeah, yeah I mean, Karma Citra is at 29, I can see there, and I, I was expecting that to be a bit higher. Even Watermelon, I thought would be up there a bit, a bit higher. Yeah. yeah. Personally, I was obviously a bit disappointed with the uh, Southus placing as well i was hoping that might be a bit higher than 94 but still good that it's in the in the 100 i'm, I'm, I'm very happy that southwest just made it into the into the 100 because i think it got uh, around the 130s last year it didn't quite crack the yep so uh it's pretty exciting uh the royal albert beer the um collab with colonial burt got in at number 93 93 yep um so i think mick was very excited about that it's pretty good for a, a reasonably small run beer to well, make it yeah. a beer that you can pretty much only get in two places, like yeah, yeah. here in the brewery. It's well, no, it, it's been around Sydney as well, a little bit, but not but, a lot. Yeah, yeah. not um, really. Pretty out there sure it's the only uh, collab beer in the 100. Well, it's the only collab oh, beer to come up so far. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah. So pleasant surprise for me. I was really pleased to see uh, Corbin D up at number 25. That's yep. just been announced. And that's, wow, really? That's, that's a great yeah. place in for that beer. I'm still waiting for um, mismatch Negroni IPA to show, so not it, must, it must it must be pretty high then. If, <laughs> if it hasn't been on so far. <laughs> I think it's going to be the list they announced next week, which is a 200 to 100. Tom, <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy with that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so is everyone picking Sonawood for number one? What's the deal? I don't know. I think one. Does Hopog? Does rate very well uh, this year? It made like a big move last year, and I think because the poll is kind of becoming more mainstream, a lot a lot of the more mainstream beers are making it in there. Yeah. Oh, what? Update. Uh, news just in. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Uh, oh, 150 lashes at 14. I'm wrong. Oh, there we go. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's a and shock. Little Creatures Pale Ale at 15. 
Is that the first time in a long time it's been out yeah. of the top ten? That certainly is, yeah. I think yeah. it was four last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was... I've, I was about to say, not before they got announced, that I think you, it might be a bit the other way around. I think it might be a bit more crafty this time, but... Um, it could be. Wow. Um, Fixation at 11. Pirate Life at 20. I mean, I, I think... Ha- I haven't seen the other two Pirate Life. Oh, the other three Pirate Lives. Yeah. Yet, so. Well, you know they're going to place. Yeah. Um, I think if you look at volume, Stonerwood's volume this year has been insane. Someone was telling me a figure yesterday, which I can't remember, but just being shocked by how big it is. So I, I'm I'm putting my money down like, on like millions and on millions. Pacquiao, Pacquiao to be yeah. number one. Has Fat Yak placed yet? Which one? Yeah, that was Fat Yak has. Down. That was way down yet. What yeah. about was it Bond Road? Is that has that placed the yet? Bond, Bond Brothers. The, the Bond Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> it's one to five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to go Lime takes it out. That's the... Ah, well, there's some big foolers there. What, yeah. what Lime's going to take it? No, Lime. Oh, uh, Lime. lime ah, gotcha. Brothers, Sorry. The Lime. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I... Well, Stone and Wood seems pretty safe. Yeah, it is safe. I'm not sure now, after seeing that. I was convinced that Lashes would go up again, but it's actually fallen by... Yeah, it's fallen by quite a lot. Quite a bit, and but and even Throwback IPA has gone backwards as well. I think... um. I think you'll, if you'll find with Pirate Life, they'll have one right up there and yeah. the others will drop drop off. Bolter yeah. XBA hasn't placed yet, has it? Yeah, I think it'll be up there. No, so that's be in the 10. That's going to be in the 10. That's going to be in the 10, yep. So anything that's really thrown you off for a spanner so far? Well, that. Or Southwest for you? Because I know you'll, that took you a while to get over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I was thinking about yeah whether yeah. I was going to come out or not today after seeing that result. But yeah, no, <laughs> I got over it. I mean, that, that latest announcement's just thrown me there. That 150 yeah. lashes being outside the top 10, I really thought that was going to go upwards and not down. This me year, too, so. me too. I think yeah, Akasha's placed quite a few in the, in the 100 so far. There were, number, what, three in there now or two? Uh, spotted two. I don't, is there two? a third? Um, I might just be Is this imagining. the lowest placing for the Gab's People's Choice? Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, Peanut Brittle Ghost has got in an 80. So, Milk yeah. And, I think Milk and Two Milk Sugars and two was sugar. in the top 20 last year. They, so. they usually end up in the top 20, but yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting to see that the Gab's winners are just completely not really performing too well. They're two very different things in the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, milk, milk and Two Sugars probably won't make the 100, I don't think. I, I'm not sure if it's even up there yet, and I doubt it, it'll make the top 10. So so let's go to number one, then. What do you think, number one? You saying Stone and Wood? Yeah, I got Stone and Wood. Um, I can't still say 150 Lashes. So <laughs> you get another step at that one. Yeah, I'm going to say Stone and Wood. See, I, I was going to say Stone and Wood, but now I'm not so sure. Now, after seeing some of those latest ones coming in... You thinking maybe Bolter XPA? I think it could I'd, be Bolter. I don't know if I'd go straight to the They have, the, um, they have the Mick Fanning bump. Yeah, so, they do. Yeah. I might. I'm going to put my hat in the Bolter He, he could tell us like right. one million Bolter? friends on I'm going to go Twitter. Hop Hog then. I'm going to say Hop Hog okay. or re- reclaim it. Um, but I thought uh, we thought during uh, the course of uh, this afternoon, as we as we keep going, heading towards 5pm, when beer number one gets uh, released, I thought we'd have a couple of you up um, over the course of the thing and, and have a chat about, uh, you know, different stuff. So I think to start off with... Uh, with Matt? Matt Brown, uh, if you'd like to come up. Come on down! Yeah, got bring up both beers, mate. Yeah, so uh, those of you... Double parks, like. Those of you who may not know Matt, he's um, the founder and... Uh, Head admin of Craft Beer Crew. I'm a dude that clicked a button that said create group. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, w- welcome on the uh, on the pod, Matt. Pleasure, guys. Pleasure. Now, who here in the audience is a member of uh, Craft Beer Crew on Facebook? Stacey. Quite a few hands there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of recruitment you can do later on, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about how the group came about and how it's kind of evolved oh, since it started. It's thanks to some of you guys, actually. When I first started drinking craft beer, um, I kept on bumping into you guys in the pub. 
uh, at the bit of few or tap house or whatever pub we were going to at the time. And um, either I'd just catch you there and you'd be walking out or we'd be going, oh, mate, you just missed Brad or Tom at the pub. Uh, and like, I, I like craft beer, but I don't like drinking craft beer alone. So I created a Facebook group, just said, all right, guys, this is where we're drinking. Let's organise where we're drinking stuff. And I left it open for any new members, for any new people that are coming in uh, to Sydney saying, yeah, yeah, I'm after a craft beer. And as I left it open over the, I think I created in 13, 2013, 14? I don't know, I've got to remember. Um, the group has surprisingly grown. Yeah. I think it's probably, it's one of, if not the largest Australian craft beer Facebook group. Yeah, I, think I, it think might, I think it might be the biggest. I think it's the biggest. Yeah. Um, so- and I... I didn't. And today's always a fun day for yeah, right? oh, craft beer crew. Yeah. It's already <laughs> so, started, so, mate. Has it? So, oh, so we're up to what, 5,000 members now? 5,230 or so, as I counted this morning. Do you have it? much of an inter- interstate membership? Yeah, interstate and, and New Zealand. Yeah, cool. Um, few Americans, which I like to, cu- to curate who's coming in. So, unfortunately, all those beer lovers from. Um, uh, South Africa, who are part of a monarchy or something, I just go, yeah, sorry, I don't think you really like craft beer, um, who happen to be scammers, or there's a whole bunch of people that just joined Facebook yesterday and they're a member of 300 groups. I go, I don't think you're a real person. <laughs> um, there's a surprising amount of them. I think I've blocked about 300 of them last count. Wow, okay. Um, but yeah, it's um, mainly Melbourne, Sydney. I-, I did a poll the other day and the majority is Sydney, um, but it's growing with... Um, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, few um, uh, Northern Territorians and uh, New Zealanders. Okay. Don't forget the Queenslanders and Canberrians. What's the current count at, Matt? Who, what, where? What's the current count at? Uh, 5,200 and something, I think, 30, 5,230. We reached 5,000 two weeks ago, so 200 people, 230. So in about three years, that's not bad going, really. That's pretty decent growth. And the rate's climbing pretty pretty fast these days, right? Last year, we got 2,000, 3,000, and every 1,000 members, we have a pub crawl. Yeah. Which I'm going to have to stop. Because we'll be having a pub crawl every week if that gets me going. <laughs> um, isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think our livers will die. Um, but, Has yeah. it stopped us before? <laughs> no. But I think. 2000- At what stage you just start editing your own venue? Because you just haven't come in every day. It's got to make money first. I'm not in it to make money, mate. Just in it for the fun. Now, Matt, what's your uh, prediction for, for beer number one? Oh, it's got to be Stone and Wood. You reckon Stone and Wood? It, the popularity. It, look, the hottest 100 isn't what is the best beer. It is what is the most popular good beer that's out there. Yep. Uh, and when you've got Stone and Wood available in every pub, every bar around, and it's a decent drop, um, as is Hop Hog, which is usually fighting those two yep. up the top, I think, going there. I, I predict Pirate Life's going to possibly steal number two, though. Mm. Yeah, nice one. Which Instead one? Instead of Hop Hog. IPA. IPA or double IPA? IPA? Single IPA? Single IPA. Okay. Single IPA, okay. okay. Interesting. That'd be, that'd, be, that'd be really interesting. It's, yeah, it's a weird prediction, but uh, from what I've been reading on the group and whatnot, this, I think that's what's going to happen. Speaking of uh, what you've been reading on the group, it's always a, a day of discussion, this. How's, yes. how's things been looking on there today? Uh, last year was a big bitch fest with, um, <laughs> oh my God, James Squires is in the top 10, but you've got to realise it's also a popularity poll. When the beer's available everywhere, um, someone's already started complaining about um, Hop Thief being up on the list, but uh, you've got to understand the, li- the list for what it is. It's not the best beer in the, in a, the country. No, because then Negroni the, IPA no. would be on the top. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, mate. Shut up, Tom. How, how do you know it won't be, Tom? <laughs> it could or be. even in the 100, eh? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I guess it's similar to the Triple J poll as well. Like, you know, number one's usually hotly debated because... We love Taylor Swift. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's at the end of the day, it's the most popular one that gets the most popular yeah. spot, right? So, and if you have a hundred people or a thousand people vote, um, their James Squires beer is number five. It's going to get high up on the list yeah. as opposed to ten people voting um, coffee ramjet, uh, which is much better than the normal ramjet, I think. Um, <laughs> it was like place two or three places ahead of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Ramjet is a sensational beer, but not many people have had it because it's hard to get. So, what was in your uh, top five? Oh, some, some of the beers you voted for. I know Corbin D was number one. I just love the. Fr- yep. When I had it, it was days out of the tank. It's just beautiful, fresh. Um, Pirate Life Double IPA. I, I just love the Double IPA. Yep. Mm, I'm just trying to think what else. Jesus, mate, I did that ages ago, and I was kind of pissed at the time. Okay. Um, but they're the two I remember. Question from the audience. Oh. So, yeah, I, my question was, do you think that Corbin D, I know the guys bring it out every year. From memory, it's roughly the same time every year. But do you think that they're going to try and... This year, I noticed the marketing and branding is kind of timed a bit tighter. So I'm thinking maybe they're trying to position it comparatively to like a Tusk Day, a Corbin D Day. What do you reckon? Um, it, it seems to me that it's more of a regular beer, uh, more regular than Tusk anyway. And I think they're just trying to promote a release date because they want people to drink it as fresh as possible. So, I mean, it, it, it went pretty well. Like, number 25, I can see there on the list. So, I think it's like, um, it doesn't have to be an annual thing on an annual day, but sort of do it every now and again and make a big sort of yeah. dance about it and make sure it gets I've out. I've heard rumours that it's going to be like quarterly or yeah, uh, every yeah. third month. I think uh, Tusk has sort of set a precedent that you can actually have something that focus on it, having straight onto tap and people make an event and people will come for it. So I think, you know, we've seen it with Pirate Life, uh, Hijack, some, some Tusk releases in certain places. And Corbin D and Akasha are doing it in a bit more of a polite way and not just trying to rip it off but doing their own spin on it but i think it's you know the the idea of showcasing a beer and having it fresh off tap and corbin d when it was here was it last week was tasting bloody amazing so it, it goes to show that it works and it's a good idea yeah. and when it comes to the hottest 100 you've got to realize tusk is available for three days in a year and to have that being rated as one of australia's most popular yeah. beers in the hottest 100. Yeah. No matter where it ranks is amazing. Corbin D isn't available in West Australia, Queensland. Um, it's hard to get in Melbourne. So you're only having Sydney people vote for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a huge part of the market that isn't and, voting for this beer. And why not create a bit of hype, I say, you know, if you can do that by, you know, coordinating a release in several venues Absolutely. across the state and beyond. Um and generate a bit of hype in the meantime, why not do it? Yeah. And I think Matt raised a really good point. And it was something I was talking to Mick um, from the Albert about uh, um, Bert before. It'd be really interesting to see if we could see data of where people voted for certain beers across the country, like in a sort of a map. Because, I mean, you could imagine Bert would be quite New South Wales and Sydney-focused, as Corbin D as well. So mm. it'd be interesting to see that data because, for like you said, for that to get placed that high for pretty much a New South Wales-only release is... Pretty decent. So it's not all bickering on the group no, page, no, Matt. It's generally pretty well humoured, right? Yeah. And, and the main thing that I clamp down on is it's got the group's accepting for everyone. So if we've got a huge group of female drinkers on there, which I love, because um, typically when you go, oh, beer, women don't like beer, that's just blown out of the water with the group. Um, yep. uh, you've got Anne Moody, Carrie Ann, uh, um, Marie, Claire, um, and they just love their beers. And have and, great palates as well. Great palates yeah. and... And you'll talk. And they're some of the most active members yeah. on the group. The, and yeah. you'll talk to them talking about their double IPAs, their triple IPAs. Um, whereas if they go to a pub, 
the, they talk about how, oh, yeah, here you go, he's a creek or a framboise for you. And they're like, I don't want one of those beers, thank Bit you. I'd like something with hops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or a Russian Imperial Stout that'll take my head off. I love yep. that stuff. Um, it, it's a, uh, I'm trying to, it's more of a positive group. Yep. Um, surprisingly so for social media. Um, and I don't have to do much with it. Yeah. Um, I, see, I see those sorts of comments on the page a lot. You know, this is so, this is so unusual for a Facebook group that mm. you don't get people just slagging each other off all the time and there is a, a feel-good factor to it. People don't pounce on someone if they make an opinion that doesn't no. necessarily match their own. Um, yeah, and that's, and that's quite refreshing, really. And I think that's, you know, that, that's testament to the level of you know, moderation in terms of who you allow into the group and, yep. you know, and that kind of level of respect uh, that you And set. it's changing the conversation. Look, when someone goes, oh, that beer is shit, you know, no, it's not that beer is shit. You don't like that beer, and other people do. Everyone has different tastes. Some people love sours. Some people uh, hate I double hops. Some people, um, they're all. Everyone's tastes are completely different. Everyone's palate's different. So when you go, that beer is shit. No, it's not. It's you don't like it. You've, everyone's got a different palate. And yeah, um, I agree. Because like, the conversation can, to that, you can describe a beer and go, this beer is. I hate this beer. This is every single reason why. And someone else could read that and go. That's every single reason why I think I'm going to like that beer. But just yeah. by saying this beer is shit, it, it serves no one a purpose, right? When we run our beer clubs, um, our beer mail, so occasionally we have beer mail where um, 15 or so people say, yep, we'll send beers between each other. And it's like a secret Santa that happens periodically throughout the year. And I, go, I post up saying, guys, tell me what styles you, li- you don't like. Yeah. Don't tell me what you like, just tell me what you don't like. Yeah. And the amount of people that say they don't like sours, and then the, all these groups were, wow, I'm shocked at people that don't like sours. Yeah. Um, and yesterday there was a bit of recognition from uh, Noble Hops. What, what happened there? Ah, uh, yeah, they had their. Um, so last year, um, the fine bartender, the fine owner of bar, Noble Hops, Joe, um, said, "Let's have a um, uh, let's find out the best top ten IPAs according to the group." So we all voted for the best IPAs, and he put the ten on tap, uh, which was great. So those top ten. IPAs and double IPA because people weren't reading it and Corbin D got up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was number two. one? Um, number one um, wasn't eight bit. Stockade, wasn't um, it? Modus operandi, former tenant. Oh, was it? Okay. Former tenant, nice. Nice. Um, beer number 10 has been announced mm. Four Pines Pale Ale. That's uh, dropped a couple of spots as well. It has, yeah. 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 It's been falling for the last couple of years, actually, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I've I got to be honest, I haven't had a Four Pines Pale in quite a while i haven't had a fresh one for ages that that's probably why i kind of avoid it because i don't know i don't know if i'm getting it fresh or not so i i'm a bit of a snob that way i think four pines have released a heap of beers this last year they've sort of ramped up their more seasonal stuff so it's might be one of those things where they've diluted the market and had too many people have a favorite four pines i think if you go you get a truck bar in brookvale they got has a 10 15 taps or something like that they've got a lot of beers so yeah so question for you guys what do you feel about craft beer breweries that uh, become stagnant, that don't do new releases, they've got a core range? No, that's core range has just happened. There's a few breweries um, that that's happened to in Sydney, and uh, there's some other breweries that do their special amazing releases and stuff that make the beer exciting, but there's some that just do the standard core range, that's it. Um, I think you don't necessarily have to do special releases to be exciting mm-hmm. uh in saying that it, there's a lot of factors that can make a brewery go stagnant and it might just be perceived maybe they don't have a rep at the moment or they don't have a rep who's got a, enough time to actually go around and be active and do some cool stuff maybe they're tied up with just trying to supply damn mercies with beer and they don't have the tank space to do interesting things um 
Yeah, look, it's a it's a tricky thing. And he, I was talking to some someone yesterday. We mentioned a few brands that have sort of just dropped off the the face of the earth. And um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, it's hard, especially these days. You really got to be either doing something new or being out there a lot. To you get lost in the crowd. But, yeah, and with the amount of new breweries that are coming specifically to Sydney, because yeah, there, there's Source Brewing Co. I know um, Bucket Boys start bringing their own beers. Yep, um, there's heaps of these new breweries and. It, the market's getting quite flooded to a it degree. Is. And I think it depends on what the, the brewery's aiming to do, right, and how much recognition they want from the craft beer fraternity. I think a core range, a solid core range, and if you're looking to sort of service your hyper-local area. Um, but uh, and then at the other end, if you're actually looking at getting really big scale, you need a really strong core range too. So it depends on where you want to play. You either want to stay really local and sort of cater to a very small group of people. You want to maybe take over the world and therefore you need the volume and the distribution to get everywhere and you need a solid, consistent range of beers. It's those ones that play somewhere in the middle where they want to excite, they want to you know, get people talking, they want the recognition within the craft beer, conscious consumers. And I suppose Gab's helps with it. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing as well is... Um, you, just because you're, they might, you might perceive to be a bit stagnant now, just doesn't mean that six months on track or a year later they they can't reinvigorate themselves again. It I could be it, a thing they just you know just need to work out their tank space or anything like that, or just a distribution model, and then they can ramp it up again. Look at Stockade, like oh, yeah. a year ago, no one would even talk about Stockade, or if they do, it wouldn't be very nice things. And it wasn't they weren't making bad beer; they just weren't crafty, I guess. So just I don't know how you want to put it, but then. Yeah. You know, it's a couple of key releases and some fancy artwork, and they're pretty, you know, like... And they've got a bunch of beers in the... And the beers are good. Mm-hmm. The like, beers are good. 8-Bit's eight yeah. bit, eight up there. Yeah. Um, Old Money got a lot of coverage oh, yeah. on Craft Beer Crew and a lot of other places as well, so... And ha- having a, what was the barrel-aged Russian Imperial Stout aged... Old Money, yeah, yeah, the same um, one, yeah. And, and they only had one case per bottle shop. Yeah. And then they were selling them for 16 bucks a bottle. Yeah. And then you you have the rare barrel-aged beers that for $50 a bottle, and you go... Well, this is a bargain. And they actually had to limit prices for one bo- uh, have one bottle per person at most bottle shops. So it goes to show that just because you might be perceived to be a bit dead in the water now doesn't mean that things can't change, I think. And it can go the other way as well. It's hard. Murray's, you know, go through fits and spurts of really jumping up and down. And yeah, I was going to use Murray's yeah. as an yeah. example of someone who was stagnant for a long time, but the last year or so... Um, you know, the I think Fred has been a really big beer yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah. That's, in the hum- that's in the 100, yeah. It, is, it sure is. Stocked yep. in some finest elements around town as well. Good old Fred. Uh, now, I think we uh, everyone's got beer number two, um, which I believe is... It's Bolter, right? Yeah. So this is the, the Bolter XBA, which... Uh, the number one beer in Australia, I think. Uh, according well, to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's yet to play, so it's definitely in the top nine. <laughs> it's in the top nine. We know that much. If it makes it's it. It's got to be in the top yeah, nine. We think. Which it probably will. Um, number nine. Former tenants. pretty good. Damn. What, what was the, what's the highest it's placed in the past? Did it not place number I think nine it was, last year? I think it might have been seven last year or six or eight. Hang on, I can check. I've got it here. It was top ten last year. So, Matt, I think um, we might leave it there, but thank yeah, you very much. No, it was, it was nine. Pleasure, Thanks Cheers, for joining man. us. So if anyone wants to join Craft Beer Crew, not already, um, search for CBC, Australian Craft Beer Crew, on, on uh, Facebook. Or see Matt, he'll help you out. Yeah, mate, I'll just... Yep, I'll and, sort and as, long, as long as you're not too shifty looking, Matt will accept you into the group. <laughs> Cheers, Matt. Cheers, Matt. Thanks, Matt. See you guys. So, yeah, I just checked, and um, former tenant was nine last year, so it's in the same place again this year. Nice. Yeah, held cool. steady. Seeing as we've had some some big falls, uh, I think it's a it's a pretty pretty awesome thing is, to stay at nine. It's a good result. Uh, it's a very popular beer, and it really it's is. A fucking beautiful beer. Um, 
Do you so, want to jump up, Sam? Uh, before we get yep. our next guest on, I would like to thank our sponsor, Days Brewery Tours, for bringing you this podcast. It's a nice hat you got there. Yeah, it's a, it's a Dave's Pub Walk. Yeah. Which is, uh, the historical pub walks in the rocks, etc. Well done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. I've got it right. <laughs> um, so we're now joined by Sam from uh, Shenanigans Brewing. Hey, guys. Hey, Sam. Going? How you going? Returning guest. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Did Shenanigans place? Have you placed yet? Shenanigans. We have not. Uh, we're not going to get in this year, obviously. Are you getting excited? <laughs> <laughs> um, Eight or higher. Su- surprise number one. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Uh, but no, no, it's not too surprising. Um, we haven't had Winston in bottles since late 2015. So pretty much all last year, uh, any Winston bottles that were out there were made in 2015. Uh, we're still trying to get it back in bottles. We're working through some issues. We're pretty close now. Yeah. Hopefully, um, we'll have some out there in the market in Feb. Awesome. Uh, but I think... Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we'll see next year. But uh, not surprised this year. Um, I think... Last year was 77, and the year before that, surprise, 46 yeah. or something like that. Uh, since then, the, the the nature of the the poll has changed a little bit for, for various reasons. It's and favouring large distribution now, isn't it? I yeah, would, that's I would right. Suggest, a lot yeah. more, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see next year. So um, what do you think will get uh, the top place? Yeah, I was having this uh, discussion with Dan uh, just before I came here. Uh, he's not here, unfortunately, but... Yeah, we reckon Balto XBA would be up there. Um, I was very supply- surprised but pleased to see the Nail VPA uh, come yeah, quite highly. Yeah, it's, it's um, a beautiful beer. I only saw it for the first time in Sydney the other day and, and had a can. It I think it's like really two delicious. months old or something like that. It's like, yeah, I think it hasn't it's, been around it's for pretty a while. recent. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah no, that's pretty impressive. Um, I'd be surprised if Bolter got in the top three, to be honest. Yeah, um, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm I think it's for that, that dark horse. That, yeah, yeah a, it's a great beer. It's a cool little brewery. Um, I just don't think they've been out there for long enough and got, got the distribution that they need to. But, yeah, I think probably Stone and Wood will come in this year is yeah, my, we, we, my, my bet. Um, I think we had uh, Matt, who was up here uh, just before you. I think he said Pirate Life IPA might might get the, the top spot as well. Which uh, So that, that was released last year, right? Uh, yeah, 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 it wasn't on the last. Um, mm. I think it was very late last year, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. It was released, yeah. I, I reckon it'll be up there as well, but top three, not sure. Who knows? Uh, we're we're, we're, we're going to find out in not too long. So what's on the cards for you guys for the next year? This year? Well, this year. <laughs> yeah. I still need to get used to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> While we're sitting here talking about, yeah, yeah, this year, this year. Um, we've got a couple of exciting events coming up that I can talk about. We've got some other plans that are not quite solid. Um, but we've got an event coming up at the Empire Hotel, which awesome. is a, a beer and food matching event. So six beers, five courses. Uh, the chef's done a really good job matching um, the courses to beers. Uh, jump on the Empire Hotel Facebook page. The event's on there. Check it out. Uh, we've also got our third anniversary coming up, our third birthday. Can you believe it? Three years. Wow, wow. that's gone so quick. Yeah. Um, I remember so... lining up for an hour outside <laughs> Spoon and Goats for your, uh, for your launch. Yeah, it was Craft Beer Rising 2014. Yeah. Uh, that was in February. We were having our birthday party on the 11th of March. This is you're hearing it first right now. Okay, exclusive. Um, exclusive. Yeah. 11th of March, a, a bit of few. We're going to be launching two new beers: um, our autumn seasonal, which is going to be hopping on Zalas this year. Nice. And uh, an anniversary beer that we've brewed. That's going to be a little bit special. Oh, right. Um, we're also going to have a few one-off uh, special kegs as well. So we're going to have 12 different beers. Brilliant. Uh, we're going to do some fun other things uh, so during the night. That's going to be the biggest. 
shenanigans take over to date, right? 12 beers? I'd say so. Yeah. I think the biggest we've had was maybe like six or seven yeah, yeah. before. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Very exciting. So, is it uh, Triple Winston for the anniversary, Al? <laughs> <laughs> no. Damn. It's, uh, I, I can talk about it, though. It's, um, it's going to be... Uh, it's called Grisette Superior. Uh, ah, so nice. we've taken right. our, our summer seasonal from the last two years, which um, isn't around this year. Glontropo took its place. Uh, and we wanted to brew something um, similar, but a bit more with a bit more meat to it. So it's going to be up around the mid-7%. Uh, we've already um, brewed it and bottled it. And um, we use some Barbe Rouge hops from France, which yeah. are kind of new. Uh, they say it's like red fruit, uh, strawberries. Uh, and then we, when we bottled it, we dosed uh, the bottles with... Uh, a custom blend of Britannomyces uh, that we've been concocting. Uh, so it's ageing in, in uh, champagne bottles right now. It's been um, ageing for... When we launch it, it will have been ageing for a few months. Yeah, awesome. Uh, wow. So we're pretty yeah. excited about that. We'll have the only keg at Bitter Few on, on March 11th, and we'll have a few of the champagne bottles uh, there as well. Awesome. So we're pretty excited about that. It's our only... Um, the, the only beer we've done with Brett or Bacteria so far. Yeah. Nice. I was going to ask what the, it's going to have a, a strong yeast character following from Gazette, but I think you answered that pretty pretty well with the Brett. So. Uh, do you have anything lined up for Gabs this year yet? Uh, we've been talking about it. Um, Gabs is always a tough one. It's it's hard to make something that, that you're going to sell outside of Gabs because like, obviously you have to make a certain amount. I think we're probably going to brew it at St. Peter's again, which is where we did uh, Death by... Uh, sorry, what was it? Sabotage? Yep. Um, which is about 15 kegs worth. Um, and you have to make something that's going to be in contention to win the People's Choice Award as well. Otherwise, what's the point? I really want to make a Pilsner. Um, and Dan was like, yeah, that's no one's going to even look at that. Like, <laughs> uh, so I'm sure it would be nice to make, but... Uh, we've got a few ideas, but nothing solid yet. Maybe a sour. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, cool. Ooh, that sounds good. We're always uh, we're always up for that, aren't we? How how was um, Gontropo received? Oh, it's been received really well. Um, usually with our seasonals, um, we bottle about a pallet of bombers, which is about twelve hundred bottles, which gets yeah. us about seventy five cases, and that usually lasts the season. Uh, Gontropo, we use the new Wayward bottling line, right. which is awesome, and we did. And we did about 110 cases, and they sold out a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, almost yeah, three times awesome. as quick as normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, Keys are going really well. The check-ins on Untapped are really good. We've got a few people that go, oh, this has got a weird fruity taste <laughs> to it. For those who don't know, it's an IPA with guava and passion fruit added to it. <laughs> uh, so a few people buy it without knowing what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. But I think in general it's been well received. Well, their palate's better than they think then. They're doing all right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> a few people have asked me, like, wow, what are these hops you're using? Like, it's so fruity, like tropical fruits. <laughs> like, yeah, that's because it's tropical fruits. <laughs> <laughs> Helps if you read the decals sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, it does say tropically fruited IPA on the decal, but it's kind of... If you don't get too close, you don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking um, just before you showed up about um, the kind of Tusk Day phenomenon and how Corbin D have kind of replicated that now with their latest release where they've got a coordinated release with lots of venues having stuff on at the same time. Is that something that 
a brewery of your stature could try to do? And is that something you'd be interested in trying to do, trying to create a bit of a buzz and a bit of a hype around a, a beer release? Yeah, sure. I think it works really well uh, for those kind of beers, like the the really strongly hopped IPAs that you don't want to sit around for too long. Um, I've been thinking about doing it, like bringing back Imperial Winston. Imperial Winston and Hoppy Gonzalez are the beers I get asked about every week about 100 times. Um, And it's just been tough to to brew Imperial Winston. uh, We need to move it. Uh, And I think having an event like that and making it like once a quarter or once every six months and making a deal out of it, it would probably move as fast as we wanted to. Yep. And so we'd probably be able to do that. So that's something we, we might look at right. uh, this year. Yep. Right. Number eight's just... Uh, wow. Um, and this is... I don't think many people saw this one coming. Uh, it seems like a bit of a bit of a surprise. Um, Crankshaft IPA from Bentspoke Brewery, uh, which is pretty exciting. That's, yeah. That is left field for me. I, yeah. That's only been out for like six months in cans or something like that, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess then. Yeah. I guess like the yeah, cans kind of helped it along. Because, yeah, yeah it, it, it would have gotten a lot more is exposure. It, is the fact that it's in a can or the fact that it got um, served at a major, major sporting event? Oh, poss- or, possibly a bit of both. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's a good, it was a good beer when it was just in kegs anyway, but... Yeah, now, now that it's gotten reasonably wide distribution. That's a great beer. I drive to Canberra just to drink that beer at, <laughs> yeah. at the Men's Folk Brew Pub. Yeah. I haven't seen it in cans yet. But, have any, um, anyone here had it in cans? I haven't had I, it in I cans have yet. had it in you cans, have? yeah. Tasting good? Uh, that and the Pale Ale, which yeah. is the Barley Griffin, which is they're both really good beers. And they're both rip-top cans, right? Yep, yeah. both rip-tops, yeah. Sweet. But that's, that's a pleasing result to see you know, a brewery there for the first time. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, well, thanks, Sam, for joining us again on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Look we look forward, forward to, having to, to yeah, we look forward to next year discussing how well um, how well you guys play with some new releases. <laughs> we'll see. <Yeah. laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Um, should we take a quick break? I think we'll take a quick break. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sessionable beer number seven's been announced, and it is the Pirate Life Pale Ale. So the first of. Uh, I think we're guessing three Pirate Life beers in the top ten. Probably. Three yeah. or two, you reckon? I reckon three. I reckon three. Yeah. I reckon yeah. three. You reckon yeah. IPA and double IPA as yeah. well as Pale Ale? Yeah. Yeah, and um, we've also got uh, our third guest uh, joining us up at the at the table. Um, welcome returning guest, uh, William Wilson. Hello. Hey, Willie. <laughs> That's the spirit. They're just applauding your glorious shirt, that's why. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, very nice limited edition first run sessionable t shirt. Only yeah. run, really. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. Very proud. Very proud. So, Willie, what's been happening recently? Uh, you, you have opened a small venue. Just, just a small, a small venue pop up yeah. down near Darling Harbour, yeah. so yeah. kind of surrounding most of the harbour, so at the uh, International Convention Centre. And, uh, you know, as, uh, as some of you have found out over the last couple of weeks, uh, We've uh, managed to slip on a little bit of uh, independent New South Welsh beer. So there's been a lot of happy. excitement with people uh, with the run of concerts you've had. Absolutely. So yeah. so we had uh, we had a uh, Nick Cave for two days, uh, Friday and Saturday. Then we had PJ Harvey on Sunday. Um, I had uh, sold out of my uh, Murray's Fred IPA uh, just uh, at the very start of Saturday. Um, we, uh, we did manage to get a little bit more to, uh, to keep those, uh, those people happy. Um, interesting stat from the weekend. So, so we had about 20,000 odd people through 
and uh, ale outsold lager Fantastic. two to one. Which wow! Is, which all right? You know the demographics there is just incredible. But uh, is that forcing you to have a slight adjustment on your on your beverage list? Or oh, well and truly, you know, like you you look at what you have to sell, and you know people want to drink, and especially the demographics that we seem to be getting through want to drink something a little bit more interesting than your your mainstream beers. So yeah, you got to have it. Which That's cool. Great. That's awesome. It makes it much more easy to, to justify that kind of thing when, uh, you know, there's, there's big contracts and there's big discounts and stuff that you can get from big brewers. It makes it much easier to, uh, to get it in when, uh, when the public wants it. You've got now hard data that tells you what your customers are wanting. It's all about statistics. Or what statistics. Nick Kate and Harvey customers are wanting, yeah. It's all about <laughs> statistics. It's all about being able to show that. That's awesome. Um, we was was that a surprise for you? Did you have a bit of a feeling, or did it blow I, you out of the water? No, that that really blew me out of the water. I I mean, I I thought we might get to to a point where it's kind of fifty fifty. Yeah. But to actually get like you know twice as much ale sold as lager over the weekend is just ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome. And does that give you a bit of grounding to expand your craftier side of your of your list, or is that something you still have some restrictions with, or? The, oh, look, you know, the, the beauty of the list is that we can be quite flexible with it and actually offer a lot of uh, seasonal, yeah. independent New South Wales uh, beer. Obviously, the, the building itself is, is owned by the state government, um, so it's very easy to, to justify that we're going to look after local breweries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, when you have... You know, Japanese and, uh, you know, the, wherever the hell, um, South a- African a- or, and yeah. is from <laughs> these days, you know, those, those guys really aren't representative of, uh, of New South Wales. And how are the wines going? So, so the wines are going very well. So again, we did a big, um, you know, wine tasting. I tasted a thousand different bottles of wine. Hard life. Someone's yeah. got to do it, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely horrible. And, uh, <laughs> And, you know, again, 80% of the list is, uh, is New South Welsh. Yeah, congratulations on that. I think that's a, that's a really, really good thing to see. And, and being able to see people on social media being pleasantly surprised by what they can get when they're rocking up to these concerts. Because you just assume you're going to get shot. No, no judgment on your, on your no, I, work. I, absolutely. You, you, you go to a function centre and you expect yep. to get functional stuff. You go to a sporting venue or you go to a music venue, you expect to get, like, you know, mainstream, you know. Swill. Dis- heavily discounted stuff that's going to be overpriced, yeah. and uh, you know, and that's not what we are trying to do at all. Uh, what's been your impressions of the list so far this year, Willie? Well, I, I've been really chuffed with that. I mean, you know, like just to see James Squire one fifty lashes drop down out of the top ten, to mm. and that's forty percent of the craft beer market. Forty like percent <laughs> is that one single beer. So you know, to see that drop down in, in popularity in the popularity contest, yeah. you know, it, it's it's it means that people are out there supporting independent beers, which is fantastic. I, I mean, we haven't seen the, you know six had- six beers yet. Oh, sorry, um, but already it's been a bit of a backswing from last year's trend of going a bit more mainstream, isn't it? I, I think so. You know, there's some real quality still to come. Obviously, you've still got some a couple of pirate lives. Um, I'm thinking Bridge Road, Beechworth Pale, Feral Hawk. I think that got uh, Beechworth, I think, was Oh, in no, that's the... 13, wasn't it? Yeah, has has Warhog made an appearance? Warhog, Warhog has. Warhog has, has yeah, okay. So, so there's uh, obviously Stonewood and Hop Hawk. Yep. Balter XPA. Yep. Um, are we still missing one that's... Uh, so we're missing... Possibly one more after that. We're, yeah. we're missing, what, we've got the two pirate uh, lights? Has, what, has Fixation placed? Yeah, Fixation yeah, got yeah. 11, I think. Fixation's okay, yeah, 11. that's pretty good. 
So there's two, one that I can yeah, two pick. Birds. If anyone can pick it. Two birds golden, I think. Two birds so. golden could be up there, yeah. Oh, here we go. Wow. A little oh dove. Goodness me. Wow. And, and All that, right. That's pretty exciting. So the little dove... Um, from Gage Roads, West Australia. So that was the the beer of the year at the AIBA Awards, and that, you know that's where that's really got that big hype from. That's a it's a very good beer, but got to admit I'm pretty surprised yeah, to see it up there. That's really high. There's been it a, is a, there's a been good beer. Though. It's good. Very it's good a beer. cracking beer. De- yeah. Delicious beer. This is what I like to see, though. I want surprises in, in the yeah. Hot 100. I think once we up all the way from sort of 100 up to maybe 60, 50, there was hardly any surprises at that point. You know, it, was, it seemed to be almost a, re- a repeat of what came the year before. But now we're getting into the, the pointy end of it. It's, it's nice to see these new, these new things cropping up. It's good. And it's a, it's, it's a big achievement for a new beer this year to, to make it so high to number six. Um, Absolutely, you're going to have that, and also the the Pirate Life IPA is actually a new beer this yep. this year as well. So that, that's as, as is Bolter, as so. is Bolter SBA, yeah. yeah. So so three brand new beers up there in the top tens, a phenomenal that's, job. It's a huge effort. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Willie. You're welcome. Cheers. Um, keep the good stuff coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, Willie. All right. Uh, I think uh, Tim Hodge. If uh, come on down. That's Cheers, Tim. <laughs> now, we've been talking about getting you on the podcast before, right? Have yes. you been on? Uh, no, I've not no, been on. It, it got close one time, though, right? I think. Oh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that um, end up with you two having some drunken argument or something? Was that what happened? <laughs> I mean, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so, just um, like a regular episode, then? Just a regular episode, yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, for those of you, who, uh, for those uh, listening who uh, maybe don't know uh, who you are, Tim, you're a you're a beer blogger, right? Oh uh, yeah, I guess um, you could say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. General man about the town, beer uh, beer wise, right? I yeah. get about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I run a website called sydneybeer.com.au, which is, I guess is kind of a hyper local focus on beer in Sydney, as the name would suggest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just kind of interested in the local scene, new beers, the people involved in it, that kind of thing. How long has it been going? It's been going just every year now, so about 14, 15 months. Yeah, wow. Um, and I, I've seen, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you've written some really good things. I think I've disagreed with some things you've written, but uh, I think <laughs> we've had those discussions. You're not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> All good blogs create those discussion points, Absolutely. so right, you've got to, you've got to take, a, take a stance on stuff and let the discussion flow. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Lee possibly has criticised me of uh, sitting on the fence a few times, but yeah, <laughs> I try not to. So, uh, what, what's your opinion on the list so far, and what's gonna what's gonna take the the top five spots? Which uh... yeah, it's it's been an interesting list. It's kind of when you see these brackets come through, like ten at a time, you get um, you, you get some real variation. And I think there's one where it came in where there was like uh, seven or eight macro beers, and then the two ramjets and tusk, which really shows the kind of the variation yeah. in Australian <laughs> beer. Now you get one end, you know, right through to the, the exact opposite. I think the next five, I think we've all kind of agreed it's going to be uh, a couple of Pirate Lives, uh, Stone and Wood, Hop Hog, and Bolter, probably. I think, yeah, depending which, on what order, yeah. I don't know. But um, I What did you we'll vote for? My votes were, uh, I had uh, Winston, number one, uh, yeah. Sourpuss, number two, which I was yeah, also nice. disappointed to see in night, night yeah, 94, 94, I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah. I would have liked to see a bit higher. Uh, had uh, Flight Path as well in there. 
Um, nice. One from Boat, Rock, Boat Rocker, the Elderflower yeah. Mitter it was originally, and I think it was re-released as Elderweiser. Yep. Okay. And then uh, Charmer from Wayward as well, which has been tasting great in the last three, four months. And that's, that list's not uh, biased by the fact that there's someone from Shenanigans and someone from Wayward here? Is Th- that- that's not biased at all. Um, <laughs> it, it, living fairly close to Wayward, not as yeah, close as Brad, but that also <laughs> helps. Um, so, you know, I can get down there and get it pretty fresh. You came pretty close to winning an award with the blog this year? Uh, yeah, Last yeah, year? yeah. So, uh, Sydney Craft Beer Awards, uh, there was a couple of us nominated. Um, MC from New South Wales won it. And obviously, you know, I think most people would have seen her website. She does a great job with that. Um, the thing, she, she has some great photography on there as well. So that's the one thing I'm really trying to improve this year. Because, you know, it, but yeah, it was really good. That was, uh, the award ceremony was held at Wayward. There's, uh, lots of, you know, lots of people there. I think, um, Liam picked up an award as well, didn't you? I won't, uh, me- I won't mention which one it is because I, I know you don't love it. Title. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sydney Craft Beer. Yeah. I can leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, um, I think it was great just so we can have somewhere that has a conversation about the work that people like you and MC do. And I think it's, it's a vital, equally vital part of the industry compared to owning a brewery and all this other stuff. It's yeah. all part of the one family. So, yeah. um, regardless, you didn't get the award. Congratulations on the nod anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, obviously what, what me and MC do and stuff kind of is all led by what, what the brewers are doing and what the venues are doing and stuff like that. So we kind of just, you know, do our little bit to try and celebrate the work that they do and, you know, and how, how that fits in with kind of the community around it and stuff. That's, I guess, what really interests me. And, you know, so everything I do is kind of influenced by them. Yeah, awesome. There may be a perception by the general public that bloggers are there just to kind of black stuff and they get a lot of benefits from well, writing these these articles I think, what's, what's it, I, the reality? I think sometimes that's a fair comment but I've been running this for 14 15 months now and I have not received a single free beer <laughs> <laughs> so I've been promised some but it never shows up so you know. there you go Tom make so, that happen yeah <laughs> time you're away with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it'd be good to have a chat to you about this uh, this uh, the um the list this year because I think you've probably more than anyone had a bit more of a focus on the New South Wales or Sydney breweries yeah. in the list. How do you think that uh, Sydney and New South Wales has done so far? I think it's it's pretty good. I mean, uh, w- what I'll do tonight is probably go through and look at the full list in detail, kind of crunch the numbers, see how it compares to last year, and, and try and get something on the website tomorrow, kind of breaking that down. But uh, so far, it seems pretty good. I mean, obviously, Four Pines is a consistent uh, performer in there with a, a lot of beers through there, and they always have their core range, and then you know they're a couple of their special releases in there. But it's it's great to see uh, Modus uh, hanging on to former tenant high up in the top ten, and then getting their, some of their new package beers in there. Good to see Wayward with their package now getting in the top one hundred. So yeah, it's it's been good. Akasha with two beers in. Yeah, great to see Akasha yeah. in there. Congratulations, yeah, that's, that's Wes. Awesome. They're, another, <laughs> they're fairly close to, to where I am in Sydney, so it's good to see them in there as yeah. well. Yeah, especially Corbin D, how that's, um, you know, there's a, I think hype's the wrong word, and I think I've written about that before, how um, hype has some connotations, but there's a lot of um, celebration around that beer, especially when it gets released fresh and people, you see the, see the reaction on like the CBC group and stuff, how, how people are raving about that beer when it comes yeah. out fresh. It's yeah, so well good put. to see. Yeah, that's a fair point. And Definitely. seeing my boys and Elsie get up in this year has always been pretty good as well. Exactly. Good to see Batch in there. For, yeah, I love beer that hardly even leaves Sydney. It's pretty good to see beers like these getting in, into the, this national list. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. And I think, I think that's kind of, uh, 
that local focus is kind of reflected a lot through uh, throughout the list. So you see a lot, a lot of um, things like Ben spoke. I think the uh, they've always had a local camera following, and I think there's a lot of breweries around the country which have their their real local core drinkers who can push a beer into the top 100. But you know, as soon as they go those go into the package and leave the state, then they can shoot right up the list. Yeah, exactly right. All right, breaking news. Uh, beer number five, Pirate Life IPA. So, uh, yeah, here we go. We're in the top five, guys. Sorry, Matt. Uh, didn't, didn't take the top spot or second spot. Um, but, where, did, where, uh, did, where did this place last year? The IPA? It wasn't in there last it, year. It was, it was, it was, this is the new one, right? It was, it was yeah, released yeah. last year. So, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a... It's a. It's it's interesting that it doesn't say it's, new on that yeah, one. Yeah, as I was just about to say, it's not listing it as new. Um, but Maybe one, it was in between the year and last season. There was there was some thought that the release of the IPA would kind of dilute the votes from the pale ale and the and the double IPA, oh, and that it, and that yeah. may still prove to be the case. That it perhaps may. if that IPA yeah. didn't exist, maybe the double would have done a bit would would do a bit better, or maybe the the pale would be a bit higher like it was last year. But we'll see. We'll see if that proves to be the case. Um, Tim. What, how do you see the Sydney beer scene developing this year? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> the, the, the one thing it does is uh, constantly throws at surprises. I think um, in the last year or so, it's been interesting to see places like uh, Staves pop up yeah. with a real uh, kind of brew pub focus. Um, again, they're very local to me. And um, it's, it's kind of that brew pub thing is something which we seem like we've kind of bypassed. Whereas other countries have had that as a real uh, developmental stage, and you know, in craft beer, but it's good to see them popping up. I think we're going to get a lot of more of that uh, cellar door focus, where people, uh, not just people like us, craft beer nerds, you know, whatever you want to call us, um, frequenting their local cellar door, their local brewery tap room, and really getting beer fresh. I think that's going to be the one thing which really, you know, helps our local breweries this year. I think if you look at a lot of the cellar doors on the weekend, probably eighty percent of people today, I wouldn't wouldn't call themselves craft beer nerds. They're just people hanging out in the brewery having some beers. Yeah, exactly. And I guess uh, Tom, you probably uh, know with Wayward kind of what the general yeah. demographics are. But I've noticed over the last year, you know year or so, a lot more students, a lot more uh, young families, and that kind of thing who you wouldn't normally typically associate with being at the the pointy end of craft beer, uh, in there on a weekend and, and loving it. And I think that's great. You know. I think the- before I actually got the, the sales job with them, um, I was doing some bartending shifts. And my first bartending shift, uh, a guy comes up to the bar and he orders a, uh, I think it was a Campdown One Pale Ale. Uh, and he looked really familiar. And it was, um, it was Albo. Oh, yeah. 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 So I, you know, and I was just like, all right. like that's. And uh, apparently he's a regular. I think he's a regular at a couple of breweries. Yeah, um, he's known to uh, like his yeah. beers. I'm sure the yeah. boys at Willie's would be pretty upset with him yeah. frequenting other breweries. But... Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, there's definitely, it's definitely, yeah, it's a, I mean, the other thing is, is breweries are, uh, they're, they're great places to drink because um, they can give you the beer really fresh and probably at a better price than a pub can. That's true. Um, yeah. so I think a lot uh, of people find them unintimidating as well. It's like a casual thing. You can bring your dogs, bring your kids. And you, there's people in there every week trying sales for the first time, trying, you know, all these beers for the first time and just that... Um, there's acceptance of just going in and just trying something new, which is, which means we're just converting craft beer people one at a time, or just good beer drinkers. I hate the word craft these days. It's good beer drinkers one at a time um, every weekend. That thing is awesome. Yeah, that, that's right. And it's 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 obviously within their interest to make that uh, the most pleasurable and uh, enjoyable and accessible experience as possible for for um, new craft beer drinkers or you know new new beer drinkers because. Uh, 
you, you can get an experience there and an introduction to, to good beer that you can't get at every other venue around Sydney. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, they do that well. That's one thing that they do very, very well at the cellar doors around, around yeah. Sydney. Do you have a favourite cellar door? Where do you... Uh, I have a couple that I like. I think Wayward has to be right up there because it's, it's within walking yeah. and or stumbling distance. I think um, it's walking distance to and stumbling distance back is yeah, the way I... Exactly, I, that's I right. It, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, look, we've got so many new breweries opening up. There's a couple of licenses up for the moment within the inner west. Um, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. People like Source and, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. plenty more to come. Yeah. Plenty more content for you for the next year, I think. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's difficult <laughs> enough to keep up as it is, especially with new beer releases. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk um, distribution numbers a bit because it's hard um, to kind of think about how far and wide these beers are getting and how and what an impact that has on their placing in the top 100 something like pirate life ipa when you compare that to the likes of stone and wood or hop hog or even bolter liam do you kind of have a, a, a feeling on how much of this stuff is produced and how far and wide it gets um oh, look they're all making pretty big numbers numbers do tend to jump quite a fair bit like um i can't tell you numbers off the top of my head but you know there's a jump between Pirate Life and then, you know, I mean, if, if anyone's been to Four Pines in Brookvale and you can see those 200 hectolitre tanks, yeah. it's a bit hard to say they're not making much volume because yeah. it's a pretty bloody big facility. Stone and Wood, I haven't a chance to go to, but it's meant to be this next level insane again. So, I mean, they're all definitely up there, but there is some, a lot of gap between that and there's numbers doesn't mean anything. When you get to that level, you're getting nationwide... Yep. Um, getting into your Uncle Dan's and all that stuff definitely helps. But you can see with people like Pirate Life, or, it's, not, it's not a necessity. Yeah. But yeah, so. I think, I think Dan Murphy's is probably one of the biggest factors, I'd say. Um, I think just national distribution is pretty big. Um, uh, and you can see a lot of the beers in there. There's, you know, like, there's some great beers in that, in that uh, 100 to 90 mark that just don't have national distribution. Um, and you can see those guys, you know, like the Bad Shepherd Boys or whatever. Like, a lot of those beers are top-class beers. They just won't be able to get around at this stage across the country. People don't get to see it. You know, we're talking about beers like Corbin D or, or Bird even that a lot of people in the country don't can't get their hands on. So yeah. the fact that they rate as highly as they do now, but Wes gets his way and sends Corbin D across the country, then he'll be pretty happy with the result next year, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's not happy this year, of course. Because we hear about this all the time about breweries that keep expanding their capacity. Um, I think when Mick from Pirate Life was on the pod with us, yeah. he was talking about that brewery's expansion. They're probably still having then, issues expanded with again, running right? out of beer. Like they probably still can't make enough beers more what they yep. can sell. So you know, I mean, look, Stone and Wood had like a year and a half, two years of massive issues trying to keep up with demand. There was a couple of Christmases where you just couldn't even get any yeah. Pacific Ale and yep. riots, like. So it just takes a long time to get all that sorted. Just because you've got a lot of beer, it doesn't mean you can, you know, there's the whole chain behind that's a massive thing and something you don't want to rush into, which I think a lot of people have done and over the years are now starting to pay off, like Stone and Wood, I think. And has the uh, results up to now changed your mind? Do you still think in Stone and Wood? Do you want to change it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still pretty confident. Like I said before, I think I'm pretty happy with the swing away from last year's results, which I think a lot of people were a bit disenchanted with, felt it was a bit... More about the big boys, I think. Definitely seems to be a bit of a swing back to the the more points here into the stick, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think I, I, I still think that Bolter has uh, a bit of an X factor with, you know, Mick Fanning promoting the brand. And yeah, he can just 
send out a tweet saying everyone vote for my beer and he can get number one easily. So like, Do we know if he we'll, did we'll, that? we'll see. Well, he did. Like, I'm pretty sure he put it on Instagram or something. Um, yeah, it, it it could push that up to number one. It might not. We'll 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 see very soon. Um, I still think Stonewood will get it, but we'll see. Is that a um, question from the audience? Yeah, we'll just get we'll pass you down this mic. Hey guys, um, what do you reckon the influence is of packaged product versus kegged beers? Because there's a lot of beers in here, probably the top 20, every beer is a packaged product as well as a keg beer. I don't see anything in there so far that's keg only. So breweries may have national distribution, but if it's a keg only beer, they're very limited as far as how they can push their brand and market their what, brand. What you, I think there's a huge ooh, influence on... Um, what there you, we go, but Bolter X is just number four. We'll come on yeah. to that in a moment, just to, to deal, with, deal with Ben's question. I mean, what... I'm trying to think of any nationally distributed beers that are keg only that don't have that kind of package to go along with it as well. Um, I mean, end of the day, we're we're very lucky. We live in the bubble between the city and the inner west, and we have a lot of venues that have great beers on tap. But for 90% of the people, and if you look at probably the people on CBC and and all this, a lot of them, you know, not necessarily regional, but they're in areas where their their main source of beers is their is a good bottle shop. So. I think it's a massive thing. And it goes back to say before about natural distribution, but I think getting your beer, your bottle or packaged beer into into the shops is still for most people the way they're getting their craft beer or their good beer. I keep on saying craft, I don't want to. but um, It just expands the avenues that you can get the beer as well. Like, and then online retailers like, you know, Beer Cartel, Bucket Boys, Slow Beer. Uh, for a lot of people, it's any way they can get beers because they don't even have a local bottle shop that's got anything decent in it. So, Yeah. So in answer to that, I think it's really important, but I think most of the biggest brands and the ones with the great big national distribution kind of have that that package option as well they have to and i think another factor is that uh, a packaged beer is more than just uh, a beer so you know us drinking former tenant in an unbranded glass no one knows what you're drinking but if you're drinking a bottle or if you've got a bottle at home or if a bottle's on a shelf it's got a label on it and it and it's a it's it's a walking brand for you basically so you take a case of that to your mate's house for a party uh, and everyone's then walking around with that brand and they recognize that brand. Whereas if you take, if you're that homebrew guy and you take a keg of something, you're like, you know, it's, it's, it, it becomes kind of more generic bland beer. If you're at a pub drinking a beer and you can't see the taps, it's more of a generic beer. But, but having a bottle, having a brand that you're looking at while you're drinking it, I think that is a, that is a big, uh, and sharing on CBC and, yeah, taking know, photos yeah. of it and putting on Facebook. Sure. The elaborate way that people can take photos of cans hanging off glasses and all that <laughs> stuff, yeah. So, speaking of branding, yeah. number four is the Bolter XBA. So, what? so t- I was, Tom, uh, you've been made to look like a bit of a chump. I, I have. <laughs> all right. <laughs> sure. No, well, <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Even for, even for sessionable, that was a bit mean. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, it's the pantyhose in front of my face that makes me look like a chump, right? <laughs> <laughs> But I, uh, I know it's. But I mean, still, it's a new beer. It's Getting great. it at number four, it's uh, it's a it's a pretty big deal. I'm sure they'd be really happy with it. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be complaining if I were them. And that's probably going to be the unless there's some massive surprise. That's probably going to be the highest new beer. Yeah. On the poll. Oh, I think it's almost. And at number four, that's pretty certainty. Good. You know, and that's a good case in point of sort of that that pirate life factor of last year of new brand smick packaging. Um, cans wide distribution. Everything wide. Really, really doing good everything marketing. right and. Good fucking beer as well. Um, yeah, good beer. Yeah, so well deserved to the boys because you know in the end, like you, you can people say, oh, it's just a, a famous couple of famous dudes making the beer. 
It's a pretty bloody good beer that sounds. I don't like think it's actually them making the beer. No, they're not. Yeah, exactly. They actually, have like good brewers behind it. Yeah, making good beer. brewers making beers um, promoted by famous dudes. But yeah, it's just a brewery that's done a lot of things right in a year, and it's paid off. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Tim, for for joining joining us up here. Cheers. Thanks for having me. What's your What's the website again? Sydneybeer.com.au. There you go. Go and oh. follow that blossom. Awesome. Um, Cheers, Tim. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Um, I think get uh, another guest up. Let's get Wes on. All right. Wes, do you want to come up? How Congratulations, Wes. Well done. Mate, we're very, very proud. Oh, we're yeah. very proud. Are yeah. all, the, uh, all the guys and girls in the brewery really happy? Oh, absolutely. They are, um, it was one of those things where we know it's a good beer. We know um, Dave and Gab make good beer. Um, we're passionate about what we do, and it's exciting. Two in the top 100. So, yeah, awesome. yeah. Did, did you guys have a bit of a think about how a cart is going to place? Were you having some estimates of where you want things to be, or were you just willing just to see how it lies? Or Maybe we just drink. Come on. <laughs> it's like, for us, it, you guys mentioned it before. Like Last year, we were one of only five breweries in the top 100 without package. Yeah. And yeah. It, it is about distribution. It is about you know expansion and, and, and wide process. We, we're a small brewery in a Sydney you know, we focus on quality beer. Corbin, for us, this is our double down event, and we managed to get it to Brisbane and Melbourne. Yeah. And obviously, you can see it makes a bit of a difference. So, 100%. But for us, it is, after all, it's a popularity thing. It is a distribution thing. Um, but for us, I mean, we're very happy. I mean, you know, we're proud of all the guys that made the top 100. So, yeah. But we like to drink, so come on. <laughs> quality beer. Um, is there plans to get some beer more nationwide in the year to come, or are you still just can't make enough beer? What? <laughs> um, we, we have two theories. Um, one of the things when when Dave Dave's really passionate about the beer, Gab's really passionate. The idea was don't mass produce it. Make beer that you can enjoy. Make beer the brewers enjoy. Make beer the people enjoy. So we're probably always going to have an issue of not being able to make enough. Um, Saying that, yeah, we're going national. The idea being is now we've got a couple of new reps on board. Um, we've got a great distributor in Queensland, great distributor in Victoria. Um, I think we even got Corbin to Perth uh, for the yeah, first wow. time. Cool. So, yeah, so obviously we want to you know, cover those major areas and, and enjoy doing it. All right. Um, well, we're bringing out uh, the fourth and final beer for the guests here. Uh, it's is a- it Corbin? It's not Corbin. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was Corbin. Uh, unless you've, you, you, unless you you've got some in your bag there, Wes. <laughs> I've got Corbin around. in my glass. <laughs> you've got a couple of growlers there, yeah? Um, we've got uh, Thirsty Crow Vanilla Milk Stout coming out, which is, uh, I know, a favourite of a lot of people at this pub and in this room. Um, and Mick's been kind enough to also uh, bring out some lamingtons to have with it. So... Uh, Vanilla, uh, vanilla melts out and some lamingtons. What if a, what if a, you haven't had those lamingtons yet, they're freaking awesome. Mick didn't make them, so you're safe. Yeah. <laughs> I checked. So um, I think it was really good to get your insight on that whole packaging debate because I think it's you, you out of anyone probably has a really good insight to that. Um, what's been your thoughts for the year so far on, on, on the list? There's been a few surprises like, look at 93, really, come on. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's, um, it is interesting because you look at the beers like, even a Hopsmith at 100, we know it's a good beer, but it doesn't get out enough. And then you look at some other amazing beers and they're, they're down the list and then you get things like that Yender and you think, ah, okay, you know, we, we can sort that. I love Peanut Butter Brittle, my yeah. mate Bacchus, but again, Ross, brilliant beers, but he yep. doesn't distribute very wide. No. So the good thing about for some of these breweries, though, for someone like Bacchus, is that now that's instantly more exposure. More people are now going to go searching his website. They can buy from him direct. So um, yeah, it's, it's, everything's good about it. So 
It's funny how you, I mean, I've seen internationals coming into Australia with that list loaded on their phone and just making their trip to Australia admission just to, just to knock off as many of those beers as they can. And so, it, it, you know, and hopefully it is the, the go-to list for people coming in for the next year and to start seeing well, what they can get their hands on. I hope so too, because, I mean, right now we've got the Interpol IPL, which is for the last 15 days I've drunk that beer straight. Um, <laughs> you know, so to have somebody come along and go, oh, great, you're number 25, you know, we'll get more people coming to our cellar door, try the 11 beers we've got on tap. Yeah. And then they'll go up the street and they'll go to Wayward or they'll go into Willie or whoever else is on there. And, um, yeah, great, get a great time out of it. So, as I said, it's all promotion. Um, I'm just curious to see number one. I've got yeah. my bets. Well, what's your pick? What's your oh. pick? I, I honestly think. I honestly think. Um, oh, here you go, guys. I'm shouting you guys all at Corbin. Oh, awesome. Cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. I honestly believe um, you can see there's a lot of American pale ales, which I've noticed a lot. A lot of IPAs. Um, our double IPA. Honestly, I mean, I reckon Jack and MC have got it in the bag. Personally, so, yep. yeah. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Uh, talk to us a bit about Corbin, because um, it's one, it's fucking good. Two, uh, it's no, no, um, no, it's dangerous. Even where's my girlfriend? Even she blacked out last night. It's, <laughs> it's one of those beers where um, you drink it, and I was, I was at Noble Hops last night having a, a good few beers with an IPA thing there, and you're watching people, and they've never drunk it, and they start drinking it, and they go back for two, and they go back for three, and you, as soon as, as soon as I'm used to it now, you see that third one, and they're like. They got no idea. <laughs> they got you never no remember. Idea. You never remember that third one. No, and, and or then all the rest after. Yeah, like, exactly. I, 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 oh yeah, no. Here we go. Hop hog at three. Oh. Oh. Wow. All right. Pirate life's jump. So, so oh, just pirate life double IPA. Is that that's looking? That would have jumped. Yeah. So that's hop hog down another one another year. Fortunately, so yeah. we've got two left. This yep. is the first time since I think 2010 that hop hog hasn't been one or two. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's a pretty pretty long run there, right at the top. Still on the podium. I mean, it's a so great still beer. Still podium. Absolutely. Certainly, if I go somewhere and they're not big on craft beer, it, you, you always see it around with this distribution, and it, it ends up being my go-to, you know, yeah. as a fallback. So I mean, it's, I always say that Hopog's like this generation's Cooper's Pale Ale. Like, you, if they don't have that on tap, then hey, look, yeah. you're spot on right. Two years yeah. ago, I didn't drink beer. Yeah, yeah. So you know, <laughs> if I go somewhere and it's it's more rural or it's outside, that's my choice. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting with Hop Hog at number three. I think we're going to see Warhog. I think Warhog's going to replace Hop Hog as, it's, as, as their pedestal beer. And I think it's probably something that they want to happen. And it's just people's palates are starting to mature. I think we're about to see a double IPA as number one or number two. So at, in a pint can at what can, is 8.8%. You can, see, so. you, can, you can see even Dave, my, my business partner, he laughs now because my evolution's been freshwater parallel. Easy drinking, nice parallel. Now it's got to the point where I'm, I'm chasing hops. And that's <laughs> someone who's been drinking beer for less than two years. So you can see now what's happening. They are getting this hoppy, bigger beer. When I was in the States in November, they just, they were blown away by the size of the beers that we've got and the way we're drinking them. So, uh, so while we have Wes up here, do, do we have any questions regarding Kasha from the audience? So, um, oh, we yeah, got a question. Yeah. Question was, um, are the rumours true that you want to put some beer in cans? I think, look, I think at the end of the day, um, cans is an industry that you have to, you have to adopt. Um, you know, personally, I don't care as long as I can drink it and it's cold. But uh, cans do give you the benefit of beaches, festivals, 100% recyclable. 
um, easier as far as manufacturing moving around. I mean, I was in the forklift just before Christmas and I've labelled all these bottles because we label by hand and uh, then broke 36 bottles on top of my forklift. So at least when cans fall down, you're not diving out, not a massive clean-up. So, um, yeah, uh, look, honestly, I expect that you'll probably see cans soon. Yeah. I think we're now at a point where there's a couple of breweries now that are doing both bottles and cans. I think you're at a point now where you're going to get a big saturation because on the past what's happened and, and the conversation I've had a lot is that it's very difficult to get into venues because you've got, what, 170-odd brewers in Sydney? Sam knows as well. Like, between contractors and breweries, you've only got selected taps. There's, like, what, 15, 16 taps here. So you've got a lot of people fighting for taps. So then people get into package. Now you've got mobile canning. So yeah. you've got every man and his dog that can put a beer in a tap or a beer on a shelf. So I think the next 12, 18 months are going to really sort out the men from the boys and you'll have some good beers on, available to you. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it's as people's palates get better, um, more breweries open, we're all getting to the point where there's not enough space for everyone. And so unfortunately, some people might have to fall by the wayside, but hopefully it just makes the industry better as a whole. Well, hopefully they fall by the wayside and it doesn't become a free-for-all for money. Yeah, and don't make it cheap. Make, still make quality. Be prepared as craft people buy the quality. You know, pay for your beer because I always argue you can build a Mercedes. It's not, it's not a car industry. A beer always, always sold around the same price. So very few people go, I'm going to pay $2 more for a beer unless it's something specially imported. But sometimes if you want quality, pay that little bit and what will happen is that you'll get that, that benefit of return because your brewer is going to be prepared to make more. They'll yeah. keep improving what they're doing. Well, guys, I think, um, Wes, thank you very much for doubling down on my beers today. Mate, just um, enjoy that, Corbin, because, yeah. you know... I was going to go to work It's about tomorrow, to run so. out, <laughs> and then it's not available for a few more months. So, remember, this is a four-year release, a four-times-a-year release product. So. Actually, that's a question I want to quickly ask, because I think before you came into the room, someone was asking about, um, you know, is it something you, you want to do, like, in the vein of task of having it coming out? twice a year or is it just something you if, want to do if, when you're ready for it? Or? If you look at what we do, we have a core range, Air Earth Water Fire, so Hopsmith, which is 100, uh, Tradewind Lager, Freshwater and the Fire Within Ember, they're our core beers. All the rest are seasonal. So seasonals are rotated either every between once a month, every three months. Uh, Corbin's are a quarterly beer and it'll probably always remain that way. It's a unique beer. It takes a lot to do. Um, our Wooden Leg, which is our triple IPA, is a once a year. Yeah, you know, ten percent. You can't just sell that to everybody. So, so we've got our seasonals, and uh, we're proud of what we do. We just make them right, and people just live in anticipation. So, what's the beer for Gabs this year? <laughs> Let's just say I'm bringing my angry with me, just because it's my favourite. <laughs> nice. All right, guys. Thanks, Wes. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Thank Wes. you. Corbin. Corbin. <laughs> Do we have any questions from the audience? Oh, that's, that's a, a that's, that's a, a very good, good question. question. Yeah. We'll, we'll just ask what we voted for in yeah. the uh, in I the actually hottest didn't 100. vote. Oh, mate. Oh, <laughs> dude, Boom. sit up here like some so-called expert. <laughs> Got to be in it to win it. He's too, um, too high profile, aren't you? No, it's... I don't, I don't know. I just... I mean, you can't really have Mr. Sydney Craft Beer voting. It's It's not... Well, I'm a bit agnostic. I like lots of different things. And I find, I find it hard to choose. And I don't know, it's... It's not for me anymore. This is for this is for other people to enjoy. I, I I just like to sit back and enjoy it and see see what happens. Fair enough. Someone said to me before, um, that means you can't complain about what what comes in. I was like, I, I don't think I ever complain anyway. I think it's 
for me, it's just good to see what what the trends are at, and it's, I think we've seen some big swings in trends this year. So, yeah, things change. It's cool. Um, I I used to be like super analytical about you know what what I rated and yep. stuff throughout the year, and this year and uh, last year as well. I I kind of just voted for what I what for what first came into my head. Uh, so I voted for Bert because I wanted to I wanted to get into the top hundred. Because you're getting sacked if you didn't. <laughs> I could have just no, told him that I voted joking. for it. <laughs> but no, I, I did actually vote for it. It's a good beer. And so that was your is. number one, was it? Um, yeah, that was my number one. It's not my actual number one, but I voted number one because Ta- I wanted... Tactical to... number one. It was a tactical number one. Um, I think number two was Winston. Um, Warhog... Uh, sorry, Warhead. Uh, Warhog and the Four Pines uh, Fresh and Season IPA, which I don't think placed at all, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's a shame. That was a good beer. Yeah, that, that that's one of my favourite IPAs in Australia. It's it's fucking tasty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like like I said, it was what popped into my head, and yeah, that was that was it. Uh, there was so many that I could have put in there, and I just didn't. I just didn't spend any time on it. I just picked four. Oh, pick five. Question but, there from the back. Interesting question. Yeah. So the question, question was. Um, how much is the Hottest 100, uh, you know, open to marketing and trickery from breweries? Um, you know what? I reckon this year there hasn't been as much dodgy stuff as there has been in the past. Um, there you go. Pirate yeah, Life. Hold that thought. Yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah. We have a number two. Yeah, our number, number two, two, which means I think by default we have our number one as yeah, well. Which right? is Neg- Negroni yeah. IPA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so uh, congratulations Pirate Life, to Pirate IPA. Life. Yeah. And I guess we can say congratulations to Stonewood as well, but we'll wait 10 minutes to see yeah. what happens. Um, uh, just in case Tom gets his pick in. Mate, but, um, it's, it hasn't been picked yet. It hasn't been put up yet. Yeah, so. look, I think this year has been the least about people really trying to game the system. Um, without naming names, you know, breweries have done things like win your weight in beer if you can send a screenshot of, of you voting for us and things like that. Um, I think people have got smarter with the way they market it. And what we've seen this series, people actually picking Pacific beers out of their thing and going, if you're going to vote for us, vote for this one and hedging their bets. Um, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, timing of, uh, you talk about timing of releases. Um, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like if you look at the Emmys or any of these awards, it's all about timing. Um, I got nothing wrong with marketing. I personally don't like people saying, hey, vote for us. If the beer is that good, You'll vote for it anyway, but that's a personal thing. But um, I don't know. What do you guys reckon? No, it's a good question because, I mean, Pirate Life have obviously been, the you know, amongst the big winners over the last couple of years. But has has how much of their success has been attributable to their success in last year's Hottest 100? And how much is it that the Hottest 100 reflects the success that they have in any way? It's, question, it's got kind of a chicken and egg scenario, really, because... They have, they've done slightly better this year, although if you take all three of their, or sorry, all three of the beers that were in, in the, uh, in the top 11 last year, they've actually dropped a little bit on the others. It's just the double IPA that's, that's gone up the one place. So, I don't think, I mean, and they've got their core range and they don't do anything special to sort of cater for the time of year for the hottest 100. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much benefit is there really to be made from, from getting in these high reaches of the hottest 100? I think, you know, if you're around that top five to top 10 mark, maybe then you can actually throw some money behind it. For everyone else, it's like, does it really matter if you go up one spot? Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a celebration of beer to some degree. And at you know, the top five, it's very different and it can be you know, make or break. And I think there's a lot of people can be quite upset if they don't, they drop a place or something like that. But, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think the, the top five or the top 10 necessarily need to 
gamify the poll, but maybe, you know, the lower ones like uh, Rabbit and Spaghetti or whatever uh, who, who I've never heard of has made it into the top 100. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that and that, that's that's because of marketing, you know, and and local loyalty and whatever yeah. it is, loyal following. Yeah, I, yeah. I think Rabbit Spaghetti is. A, I would love to see how they're getting their votes because it's two years in a row now. <laughs> and as you said, eighty six likes on Facebook and eighty six likes. Like, yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> I have had it shipped. I had a sample. I'm very lucky that I share an office with a beer writer, so yeah. he gets a lot of free beers where I get to mooch off. And I did have a sample of one, and it wasn't very in a good condition. So I oh, can't. Okay. I, it, it was just the state of that beer when it came, so I can't really. Maybe they just hire like Russian hackers or something to. Well, I think if yeah, we'd be interested to see how they do it because whatever they're doing, they're doing it well. So yeah. 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 Now, Brad, I think we were just about to hear your five that you voted for. Yeah, um, my top five. Um, I went for the beer that I've had more of than anything else by quite some Sourpuss. distance last year, and that was Sourpuss. It's a beer that pleases me every time I have it, and I actually thought that each batch got better and better and better, and better every time. I actually think that Sourpuss is... It's just getting stronger and stronger load, yeah. as a beer. and That passion fruit one. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that one placed in yeah. next year's Hottest 100. I hear that that's coming back, and uh, it's going to be a, a pretty regular fixture, so... Fingers crossed on that one. Um, otherwise, uh, I had Winston as well um, at number two. Um, I had, um, what was my number three? Oh, Pirate Life IPA was my number three. Um, number four was the Bridge Road B2 Bomber Max 6, which I thought was a particularly Ooh, yeah, good yeah, B2 yeah. Bomber this year. Yeah. That's another one I forgot and, about. And um, my number five was uh, my favourite beer from Gabs, which was the... Um, no Sleep Till Nelson from Foghorn. That was Brewhouse. great beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and someone who's actually had all five as Gab's beers before, it was pretty unusual for me to only have just one beer from Gab's um, in my top five. But yeah. yeah, that one was probably my favourite from the festival. So yeah, probably no one's surprised to hear me voting Sourpuss as number one and um, being a big, big fanboy of Wayward that I am. But yeah, um, I actually do... Next door I, I agonise quite a lot over this every year. I have a short list of about 20 beers and I really struggle to whittle down because I use my untapped check-ins and all the beers that I give the top votes to each year and spend a, a good couple of hours going through what I've had in the in the 12 months and, and try and single out the beers that I really think deserve it. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a painful process for me every year. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I didn't vote because I, just, I don't think I can narrow it down to five years. But, yeah. Did you say yours, Tom? No, I haven't yet. Uh, guess cool. what? Uh, I'm guessing number one is Negroni Wild Yak? IPA. Wild Yak. Wild Yak. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool. Uh, no, number one was of course mismatched Negroni IPA. Um, and how did that place? Uh, well, well, we're about to find out. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I couldn't. It was my hands down favorite beer of the year. I, yeah, it's. I've talked. I think at you may have, about it. You so may have mentioned it once or once twice. Or twice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I voted for. I can't remember the order the others were in. I did vote for Sourpuss. Which is maybe a bit self-serving, but uh, and I also voted for Dad Rock. Um, uh, I think former tenant was in there, and Warhog was in there. Okay, yeah. Matt, so. did you still have a question for the audience? So the question That's a was good question, yeah. Question was that the the CBIA um, has just changed its rules to no longer allow uh, the big boys in, uh, and the question was, should the Hottest One Hundred do the same? Can I just preface that by saying that even though the CBIA has made a ruling they still don't actually know how and legally if they can do that so um there is still a lot to be played out with that um in regards to how it's actually going to go about so we'll have to wait a little bit with that um personally i don't i don't think 
it should because without James Squires, a lot of people in this room wouldn't be where we're sitting right now. And Mountain Goat, hundred percent, um, and a lot of other breweries. So, personally, my 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 answer is I can see why with CBIA, I would hope they still have some sort of position for those guys because people like Chuck Hahn to have him no longer involved in CBIA, it's it's a it's a bit of a shame I think because no one would be sitting at CBIA if it wasn't for people like Chuck Hahn, and I think you got to recognise that. But um, for Hottest One Hundred, I personally would say no, I think they should be involved. But that's that's my opinion. I mean, the the results speak for themselves. Uh, we're looking like not a single beer from one of those big boys in the top ten. I don't need to get rid of them then. Basically, if they're not going to, I don't think. I think we've seen the big swing against them this year, uh, and so why why get rid of them? It's yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not like they're dominating, so 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 why worry? It's actually if you, good, it's good to see how you know the, the the small guys stack up against those. If big If you boys. talk to the breweries that actually are in the industry, they have no issue a lot of the times. Yep. Um, people like James Squires, you know, people help a lot of other breweries in the area with lab work and other stuff like that as well. So I don't know, but you know, there's other people who who are in the industry that are very vocally the other way, like Four Pines, who. Refuse to join CBIA until the other guys leave and stuff like that as well. It's up to personal opinion, but yeah. Squires is an interesting one because I understand that the guys at the Malt Shovel Brewery in, in Camperdown are being given a bit more freedom to uh, express themselves this year. So. And they're great guys and they're great brewers. Like, and it'll well. be interesting to see I, what they come up with and, and how it sort of impacts this time next year. Whether, I have a bit of bias with the guys at Squires because I'm yeah. good mates with them and I hang out there quite a lot. I was actually just there during the week. And um, there's pretty something pretty exciting stuff coming from them pretty soon as well. But in a day, some people don't want to hear about it, and that's a personal opinion. But yeah. So assuming we're going to see Stone and Wood at number one, how much kudos do you get from being the hottest 100 number one beer? And I, I, think, I, I don't really recall Stone and Wood or Hot Pop really making a big thing about being Australia's number one craft beer and, uh, and really I, pushing I it I would hard. disagree. I reckon... I think they did Feral, the first couple of years, at I reckon least. last year, Farrell would have been pretty upset the fact they lost their number yeah. one. For sure, use, why wouldn't they? use be? it in their marketing, though? But oh. their number two or you don't the number one? You do see it know, on the decals or, the, or in the, on the bottle labels? It's just or? like, if, you're, if you turn that, have that turning point, you're like, you know what, I'm going to go right into this good beer thing. First beer you're going to get is first cab off the rank, right? And you're going to work your way back down from one down to ten, probably. Let's see whatever you can get. So, here we go. Yeah. Stone and Wood Pacific Ale, number one. Hey. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. Come on, we're happy, right? It's a New South Wales brewery, number one again. How many times is that in total now? Five? Four? I think four. Okay. So, yeah, big congratulations to Stone and Wood. Because, yeah. Yeah. So, guys, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, firstly, a big round of applause to Stone and Wood, Pirate Life, and everyone else in the Hottest 100. Yeah, well um, a huge thanks to uh, all of our guests who joined us. So, um, Matt, Willie, Tim, Wes, and I didn't forget anyone, did I? And Sam, of course. Sorry, Sam. Oh. I knew I would. I'm, I'm um, going my bad. A big congrats, a big thank you for A Dave's Brewery Tours, i.e. myself from Dave's Brewery Tours for giving us the gear to make this happen. Yeah, thanks, um, Liam. A massive uh, thanks to to Mick and the crew at the Royal Albert for a giving us this space, giving us practically free beers, and um, just being cool dudes. And I think, lastly, a massive thanks to all of you guys because I think we raised a fair bit of coin that we can donate to Pink Boots Society, which is pretty sick. So yeah, congratulations, good. well done, guys. 
if, uh, if you haven't had the special uh, Oz Royale burger, then get it. It's incredible. And if you haven't heard, we're going to be doing live episodes more regularly this year. Uh, so our next one, we'll put details up very soon for whatever the next one's going to be. We've got some cool ideas, some cool kind of different things to do. AKA, um, we don't actually know what we're doing yet. I, I have yeah. some ideas. So, ah, yeah. Well, Tom apparently knows yeah. what we're doing. So, right. yeah. We actually figured out what we were going to talk about, like... An hour before we started. Today, <laughs> like ten so. minutes before. Yeah. Wait, did we figure out what we were going to talk Not about? Not really. Stop, yeah. you know. Stop ruining the magic, will you? Yeah. <laughs> All the time. I told you. Um, All right, guys. Uh, All right, I think that's it. Cheers. Thank you very Thanks much. Everyone. We'll see you next time. Yeah. We'll be we'll be at the bar drinking. Thank you all for coming. Cheers. Off the lantern. <laughs>